Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Terry Talks Fiction. This episode is an audiobook podcast in which I'll be reading my short story for February, Rust. This is the general version of the story available on the website at www.terrytalksfiction.com. If you would like the premium version of this podcast, which includes the additional material at the end of the story where I go into the decisions I made as an author, the process of writing this story, and why this one seems so different to the first story that came up for the year of 2019, you can subscribe to this free content by clicking on the link in the show notes. For now, I hope you'll sit back and enjoy this story for February. Rust by Terence McManus Okay, look, I'll tell you how it happened, but you got to promise me You let me tell him my way, alright? I'm serious, no interrupting. Alright, good. You know, I can get used to this. So, for the record, this was all Pinky's fault. I mean, if he hadn't been banging on about the house, and what happened to Simo, then I never even would have stopped at the place. I mean, I must have been past the house a dozen times, but I never stopped to look at it. Not really look at it, eh? But it, it also wasn't on any of the routes you usually patrol of a morning, so I figured, yeah, why not? I mean, a test? On statistics? It'd been weeks since I skipped class anyway. I don't have a day to spend on me. Mental health's important too, eh? That's what you always saying. It's not like I wasn't going to do the test. Just not today is all. Anyways, I stopped at the house for a while, yeah. leaned on the fence, just looking. Pinky, he told me all about it. The artist guy who lived there. All them cats nearby gone missing. Simo, he reckoned it was all the house. Like some Stephen King shit or something. I wanted to know what it looked like on the inside, but I thought maybe someone might still be living there, eh? Yeah, if they weren't, it'd be alright to kick it there till the movies open up down the road. I brushed the rust from the fence off my hands and I hopped on over. I mean, not like it were a real fence, more like a uh, ornamental, yeah? I mean, if they seriously wanted people to stay out of there, they would have put up a proper tall fence or something. Oh, and that's right, I remember. Something crunched under my foot as I jumped over. I remember looking down, I kicked away that cooch grass, and it was some kind of ornament, like a bird or a rat or something. I mean, it used to be, right? And I, I pretty much had to swim through the grass of the house. It were ridiculous. All the mounds of weeds and like the, the rusted twisty metal popping out of them. I could have broke an ankle or something. The grass around the front door there, that was all cracked and dusty as hell. But I could see nobody were there. The furniture, the floor, even the TV were covered in this thick layer of kind of brown, red, reddish dust. I rubbed at that glass. I remember how it squeaked under my thumb and it turned a little orange from the rust I still had on my hands. I mean, I might as well have been scrubbing it with the sandwich for the good idea day. Now, the gate to the backyard were locked and I couldn't be asked trying to jump it and check out if I'd get in. I figured, you know, maybe I'll come back later, bring up burgers and drink, see if the TV still worked. Or if the power's out, then 
eh, I'll just take it home, free TV. So I crunched down the ornament by accident as I stepped around the front porch. It was another one of them little metal birds all, all rusted a buggery. So I figured, oh, that dead artist, he must have really liked birds, eh? So I look around, and yet, sure enough, there were another one tangled in the grass next to the porch railing. I picked it up, careful not to crush this one, and I looked at it proper. Oh man, it was hella sweet. I mean, I'm not a bird guy, but you should have seen it. This thing was art. Even under all the rust, I could see the, the, the detail he'd put into it, you know? It almost looked like each feather was handcrafted by itself and like welded on or something. The beak, even that little veins and nostrils, I swear, I could see like the little scales and everything on the bird's legs. So I tried setting it back on the porch railing. The feet were all curved, like it had been sculpted to sit on there, yeah? But I couldn't get it to stay. I felt this like it was a weird compulsion or something to prop it up. Oh, I just didn't want to let it fall back in the grass again. So I looked back at the empty street and, you know, no one was watching. So that's when I took the bird. And it weren't fair, really, what happened next. I mean, if I hadn't stopped at the house, I would already be at the movies when you cruised on by. But of course, just as I hopped the fence, who pulled up right down their window? I mean, it's not much of a guess, eh? I suppose you know this part, but you got to let me tell it like I remember it, alright? So, taking a shortcut, Mr. Stevens, you asked all smug and shit. Hey, Mr. D, I said... Trying to, like, smile it off like I didn't care you was about to ruin my day. Eh, hey, what you doing, man? Shouldn't you be at school, I said. Well, shouldn't you? You say like it was some kind of comeback or something. Nah, man, not today. I'm sick, you know. Oh, you look positively terminal, you said. Like, my health is something funny to you? Man, whatever happened to that mental health shit you always banging on about at assembly? I'm on my way to the doctors now, man. I said to you. As in you interrupting me, or like, Mr. Stevens, you can get in and accompany me back to school now, or you will be back for detention on Saturday. I mean, you can be cold, man. Say, so I knew when I was busted. I chucked my bag in your passenger seat, and I got in the back, because I figured you want to be a taxi, but I was not going to ride up front. And I don't know, you try to give me that old Mr. D stare in the mirror, and I was just looking out the window, back to the house, till you pull on out of there. I mean, you gotta understand, I were pissed. You mashed my entire day, man. And you're, Mr. Stevens, why are we here again? You say they're not driving under the speed limit, hands at 10 and 2, and oh, I was never leaving the road the whole time, like little bitch. Now, I know you didn't see it, but I done shrugged. It, it was an answer. Not my fault, you didn't want to look at me. But then, you were all like, this is the third time I've found you outside school grounds in the past two months, Matthew. Something's going on in your personal life, so you still wonder why I told you to eat shit? I mean, why are you trying to make this personal, man? Anyway, that got me a couple moments of silence, but nah, you couldn't leave that for long, eh? Right, you say. If you're actually feeling unwell, get your mother to call. You know our policy on wearing the school uniform outside school grounds. I don't want to see you doing it again, or it will be a Saturday detention. Am I clear? Oh man, you should have seen the face. I were making it you. Yeah, it was a good one, man. Time we got to school and walked to the front office so you could make me sign in late, I'd basically missed the first period. Which meant I was just in time for that test in period two, so yeah, 
thanks for that. Now I didn't have no books with me to cram, I mean I just leave them in my locker and that was like on the other side of the school. So I just went up to level 3 and sat outside my maths classroom. I got nothing better to do, so I pulled that little bird out of my pocket again, yeah? Oh man, it really was something else. I don't usually give two hoots. Ah, <laughs> you, see, you see what I did there? Because it's a bird. Anyway, I don't give two hoots about arty shit. But it was hard not to be impressed by this. Why so much work? If you was only going to leave the thing in the yard to rust away to nothing. I remember that crunch when I jumped over the fence. I remember all them lumps in the grass. And I think how many others are stuck over there, lost in them weeds. Maybe that was why the crazy dead artists left them there, eh? Too much effort to find them in all that mess? Or maybe that's why they hadn't cut that grass in case they ran over something. Wonder if we'll ever know. So that's when I got to wondering how much someone would pay for one of these things. I mean, I figure probably not a whole lot, although all rusted to buggery, but you know, if there were enough in that yard, they might add up to something. So I drop that bird in my lap and I pull out my phone. I get rid of rust. Shit, man. Did you know that vinegar gets rid of rust? Now, I didn't have no vinegar in school, did I? But So, you'll never guess. But then I look, go, I go and I look. Metal Bird Statue eBay. And do you know some dumb shits actually pay for bird statues to be rusty? I didn't even have to clean shit, Mr. D. These limb dicks were going to pay like 50 bucks for it, all orange and half wrecked. So I was taking photos of the bird when Pinky found me. Hey bros, what you got man? He asked cause you know, he's a dumb shit. What have I got? I said to him copying his full voice. It's a bird you doof, what do you think it is? Ah, he said and he kicked me. What you got a bird for man? Hey, what you gonna skip today? Yeah, the D got me, I told him. Ah, shit bros, you suck man. Pinky's laughing and he's hitting on me. How much a little bitch catch you man? Now look, I'm just telling you what Pinky said Mr. D. You ain't gonna hold that shit against me, alright? Anyways, he got me when I stopped at the spook house dipshit, I told him. And oh shit, Mr. D, you should have seen his face. Man, what you doing at the spook house, man? He says, jumping back off me like I said got herpes or something. And his voice is all high-pitched like he's left his nuts behind. Didn't I tell you what happened to Simpson, man? He drowned, Pinky, I said to him. He's such a drama queen, you know. He drowned, yeah, he drowned, Pinky said. Licking his lips and looking all agitated like Been swimming that beach every day of his life, yo! And the morning after he went to check out the spook house, he drowns! Man, they never even found the body! It's a curse, man! He said to me, like I was supposed to take that shit seriously! It's a gold mine is what it is, I told him. Our house is full of junk they never clean out, bro! That's when I showed him the bird. You seen this ship, man, I told him. The place is full of little sculptures like this, too. You know how much someone would pay for art like this, bro? Man, now man, he said. You taking shit from there? You asking for the curse bros? He stepped back like you were honestly scared of me or something. You asking for the curse bros, he says. Now don't you sling that shit at me. You hear me, spirits? He says, looking around himself with his arms out like some kind of Kiwi Moses. I don't want none of his shit, you're your spirits. So shut up about your stupid curse pussy, I said to him, putting the bird back in my pocket. I mean, by now it was pretty clear he didn't want none of my, and you gotta admit, it was a pretty brilliant plan. So I figure, screw him, more money for me. Instead, I told him, give me a book man, I gotta study. So I stood up, Pinky's shorted me by a head, and he's like, 
90% piss, so he's so easy to roll, man. But he just snored at me and said, Man, I didn't bring the book. You screwed, bruz. Now I see Miss Lorenzo coming up the hallway, so give me a pen, I says to Pinky. Man, you ain't got a pen, he said. I ain't got shit, man. Give me a damn pen. All right, he said. Then he pulled it into his pocket, pulled out like the shittiest capless borrow. Man, you screwed, eh, bruz, he says to me. You curse on this test, bruz. In my dick, I said. I took his pen. Any time, bruz, he said, and he winked at me. Such a goddamn fag. But that was just when Miss Lorenzo got to the door. All right, boys, she said, because, like, every teacher is a damn nerd. Enough of that. We've got a test to run. So I swore a bit too loudly when I peeked at the first page of that test. And Miss Lorenzo, I mean, she slapped my paper back face down, and I knew it was impossible, Mr. D. I didn't know this shit. I leaned back in my chair, and I looked around the room for a bit. I kicked Pinky's chair in front of me, and he yelled like a little bitch. Francis, Miss Lorenzo yelled at him. That's your single warning. Another word from you and you're outside this room with an immediate F. Man, it was the funniest shit, Mr. D. But she just gives me this glare when I laughed at him. That goes for you too, Matt, she said. Why, Miss? What did I do? I said to her, I'm putting my hands up because she was looking like she was going to tase me or something, you know. That's enough, she said. Because, like I told you, Mr. D, she's no fun. And then she goes, oh, for crying out loud, Matthew. Wash your hands. So man, I pull my palms back in and I'm looking at them while Miss Lorenzo's droning on about that test. Everyone else is flipping over their papers and they started writing. But, but all I could do was stir up my hands, you know? Because the whole palm, the whole palm of my left hand and, and some of my right, it was just covered in orange-brown rust. And I'm rubbing at it, I'm rubbing, but it's not coming off. I mean, I think it was just from holding the bird or something, but it was shitting me. And I wanted it off. And it should have come off pretty easy, right? But it didn't. So I put my head up and I yelled, Miss, I need to go to the toilet. Oh, the test has started, Matthew, she said. But Miss, I want to wash my hands. You can wash them when the test is over. I was going to tell her, but you told me to, Miss. But she's cut me off, being all like, Matthew, stop disturbing the class. Wash them afterwards. I mean, rude. I flipped my test over. Um, it might be written in hieroglyphics, Mr. D. You know, I think some of it was. So I pull Pinky's pen out of my pocket. I figure, well, I can write my name at least. And the pen, well, he just rubs over the paper. Leaves his dent, but doesn't leave no ink. So I'm kicking Pinky's chair again, but he didn't turn around. So I kick it harder. And then Miss Lorenzo stood up at the front. What is it, Matthew? She said. Oh, my pen don't work, miss, I told her. I'm pointing to this useless tube of plastic Pinky given me. So Miss Lorenzo, she rubs her eyes and she goes, Oh, don't you have another pen with you? Now, miss, I tell her, I don't. So she comes down and she's handing me this pencil, right? And then she were all like, if I hear another word out of anyone, that person will be put outside and will receive an automatic fail on this test. Am I clear? So I bent back over my paper. I started writing while she's stormed back off to her desk, back to, oh, no, man, whatever teachers do. I'm trying to write my name again. And halfway through, the damn pencil stopped working too. So now, I was like, what is shit? I mean, it still had plenty of lead and all. So that's when I hold it up and I had a proper look at it. And the tip, the tip, Mr. D. Well, you're gone all orange brown. I look back at my paper. Yeah, sure thing. Where I've been writing my name. All the grey shrunk out as the pencil stopped working. That last little bit, 
was mixed in with a hint a rust. So, of course, I scratched away the paint on the pencil. Underneath it, the whole wooden core, like the tip, it turns like this metallic, rusty orange brown. So I looked at my hand again. The rust I couldn't get off of my skin. I'm lifting up my sleeves. And yeah, that rust, it was all over my wrist, completely filling the gap between my hand and my watch. Now I'd never held that bell with my wrist, Mr. D. So I stood up. I mean, I was freaking out a bit here, man. But Miss Lorenzo, no, she didn't care about that, see? That's it, Matt. Do I have to send you outside, she said, or bitch-like. Now, I mean, I was going to fail the test anyway, Mr. D, so I figured I might as well do it right away, instead of waiting, you know. Yes, miss, I said. Can I go? Ah, uh, but she was too pussy to just fail me like that, you know. She ain't like you, Mr. D, so she were all like, sit down, Matt, instead. And I was all like, I need to go to the toilet, miss. And she said, you leave this room. I have to fail you. So I say, it's an emergency, miss. I'm going to pee my pants, miss. And she just gives me this, like, this big old sign, she shook her head, and she said, Alright Matthew, you do what you want, everyone else pay attention to your papers, please. And she sat back down, and she looked at her papers, and man, I just noped the hell out of there. So yeah, that rust, yeah, wouldn't wash off. I mean, I scrubbed as hard as I could with them useless toilet paper towels. I used like a whole thing of soap. Man, I even took off my tie for like a washcloth and some shit. Nothing. And man, that water, it turned orange and the sink it got all ringed with these like tiny flakes of orange brown metal. But that colour on my hand, nah, it never even faded a bit. So yeah, that's when I started getting a, a bit, you know, proper freaked. Now I just meant to hit the sink, you know. Tap it, really. I was frustrated was all. But that ceramic... I shattered away like I hit it with a metal pipe or something. And man, I, I never even felt it. So then I was like moving my fingers and my wrists. And I thought maybe maybe it was harder to move them than it had been in the morning. And I was really, I was really starting to freak out when I, when I heard it, you know. That like metal grinding on metal sound every time my knuckles moved. Oh man, I lost it. I tore open my bag. I pulled out that bird. I dropped it in the sink like it were like like it were radioactive or something. I'm just staring at it. Yeah man, don't look at me like that, I know. So anyway, I tried to check how long it had been since I picked the damn bird up. But that's that's when I saw my watch didn't work no more. Wouldn't light up. I tapped it a couple of times but nothing. So I took it off and I'm looking at it and yeah man, underneath there were all that rusty reddish brown and like the rust on my skin, it wouldn't rub off. I grabbed my phone to check it instead. But man, yeah, you know, yeah, rusted. And that's when I knew, that's when I knew Pinky were right. There was some sort of curse on that spook house. Left there by that dead artist, protect his little statues or something. Man, the bird isn't even all that good, I said aloud. Just, you know, in case he were listening. I knew I had to get the bird back to the house. Alright, so I grabbed my stuff and I noped the hell out of there. Trying not to touch anything, you know? I mean, I'm not a total asshole. If that pen and pencil had rusted over, well, who knew it happened if I just went around touching shit, man? I mean, I don't know how curses work, man. 
So there I was, lurching down that hall, because my knees were turning in a goddamn circus stilts. I'm wondering where on all the shit I touched back in the classroom was looking like, and I'm freaking out about getting back to that house before I couldn't walk no more. That's when I hit you. Now, you know, I'm a pretty tall guy, but I've never been built, man. Someone bumps me, I'ma be the one that goes backwards, and sure, I'ma be kicking their ass if they do. The point is, no offense, Mr. D, but if in your squad, middle-aged, fat, low center of gravity, wombat kind of shit you got going ran into me, it should have been me that got sent flying. But I barely even noticed it. I felt heavy, man. Heavier than I've never been. And you bounced off of me like, like he was made of rubber, though. If I hadn't been surprised to run into you twice in one morning, I, I, I would have laughed. I would have laughed. <laughs> I don't look at me like that. So maybe I did laugh a little, but come on, you got to admit, that's pretty funny. Oh man, whatever, man, feel like that. So, so, anyways, that's when you saw it was me, and you were all like, What on earth are you doing out here, Mr. Stevens? Oh man, you was pissed, eh? I mean, you're a little guy, how you even get so much noise out of you, huh? Now, oh no, I didn't answer, I was just trying to get past, but you gotta understand. I'd literally just noticed it getting harder to move my knees and I was freaking the hell out. So I'm shuffling away and you was all grunting back to your feet like some kind of asthmatic koala or stop, get back here right now and shit. And I was going and you was chasing and I swear I was just trying to get back to the house, you know. I didn't mean no disrespect or nothing, man. But then I got to them stairs. Now, I remember all that shitty, cheap and pale wood that stair railing been made of. Man, but it weren't pound no more, eh? It was that same deep orange brown we've been seeing everywhere. Now, had I touched it on the way up to class? I don't know, man. Probably, I guess. So when I tried stepping down on the stairs, and that was when I didn't notice my ankles didn't work right no more. That's why I grabbed at the railing for support, you know? My oh, man that railing it just turned to freaking dust like there was nothing there at all like the rust had hollowed the whole thing out and it was the only thing holding it all together and I freaked man so when you call me there all out of breath and panting behind me that's what I was having trouble breathing too and I tried to ignore you yapping away I really did I tried lowering myself on that first step again my knees squealed like metal in a car crash and that's when you got all up in my face, stepping around me all like, I asked you a question, Mr. Stevens. I mean, you can see now why I said what I did, right? Because, oh boy, you did not see it then. So you were all, I've absolutely had it up to here with you, Mr. Stevens. Gesturing to your, your left temple like you give me some kind of salute or something. This has got to stop. You'll come with me to the office right now and we're calling your mother to see if she can convince me of one reason why I shouldn't just suspend... And yeah, man, yeah, that was it. That was when my left leg just fully locked. I mean, I couldn't help falling. Now, look, I appreciate it, but I still don't know what the hell you thought you was doing reaching for me like that. Were you trying to, like, support my weight or something? Because you're, like, basically half my height, and you were a step lower than me. It were ridiculous, man. It was never gonna work. You idiot. I couldn't do nothing as I fell into you and sent you flying. I couldn't do nothing as I landed on your arm 
and I watched it bend the wrong way around the step like that. I couldn't do nothing as I bounced down that staircase went straight in that big glass window on the wall of that landing. I really couldn't do nothing man. I could barely even move and that was before I got hit with the terror of hearing my face clang against them stairs like some kind of big metal bell. I ain't never even felt nothing. I went straight through that window like it were paper and something and shit Mr. D. I know you had your own problems and all, but you should have seen how I bounced across the asphalt down there when I hit the ground. Oh, I finally stopped, like halfway down the car park, on my back, staring straight up. And that's when I saw the sky was looking a bit orange-brown. I tried to blink. I tried to get a better look. I felt my eyelid grinding down over my eyes, even as I heard it give that metallic squeal. That's when I started screaming. I don't know if you heard me back up where you was, but I was a proper freak, man. The fall, or, you know, the sudden stop, it had caused much less damage than it should have. There was no way a person could shrug off a fall like that. It had to have been at least 10 meters, and I basically went head first for God's sakes. But I had no cuts, and so far as I could tell, I got no broken bones. So I'm not trying to rub it in with your arm and all, Trust me, things were far from ideal. See, my hands were almost impossible to move by now. I was resistant like hell when I tried flexing my fingers. I saw the skin on my palms. Or it had started pitting too, like the like flakes of rust had been shedding off. I don't know if it had been the fall or if it were the start of what happened to that banister. But I was not stoked either way. That's when I heard the front doors of the building slam open. I looked back and, you know... I half expected to see you stand there like the goddamn Terminator or something. I was only one of them nameless front office chicks. She's staring at me, mouth wide open, while I'm standing up between all them shards of broken glass and ruined bitumen. I must have made a hell of a racket when I fell, eh? So I forced myself up. I looked back up at that big damn hole I'd left in the window. Now that time I saw you, all pale-faced, clutching at your ruined arm just staring at, down at me like all shock-like. I guess you've seen how I turned and ran, well, hobbled, eh? I don't know if you knew it then, or figured it out later, but, but yeah, I was going straight back to the spook house. Now, it's hard to get in the second time. Time I dragged myself to the rusted iron fence, my left side completely stopped working. My arm was locked out of one side like I was jogging, Elbow, you know, bent and fist clenched, thumb facing up. My left leg, frozen. Equally useless beside me. Knee slightly bent, mostly straight. You know, just enough. I had to stoop to one side to walk and drag it along behind me all like zombie-like. Now even worse, my clothes around all them areas had all stiffened up as the rust came all over me, trapping me in this, like, cage of, like, brownish red metal cloth. Now there was no way I was jumping that fence again. Not in that condition. I don't know how long it took me to haul my sorry, rusting ass all the way back to this house, man. Oh, but man, it felt like an eternity. Because, you know, there was one horrifying fear what crept into my brain right after I left school. What if the bird in my backpack had been all smashed up when I fell out of the window, man? Was that still going to count if I returned it all wrecked and shit? Or was I going to end up stuck like this forever? 
locking up like more and more till I was frozen in place, not able to move no more. So I lurched along the fence, I'm searching for a gate. Now, at first, I didn't think there was one, eh? I mean, my vision was getting worse and worse, man, and I did not trust what I could see through all that orange-brown tint over the world. But I just stumbled along, feeling that rusted iron in the fence, till I came to a break towards the corner. Now, no wonder I'd never seen it before, too. I mean, it were all overgrown with some sort of bush or, or tree or some shit like that. And, of course, it had grown all through the damn gate, hadn't it? Like, chunking up the latch and shit. Now, I tried to get it open, Mr. D. I really tried, but then fingers of mine? No, it didn't work for shit by then. I could barely feel anything, and, you know, I just didn't have the time. So I took a step back, and, and I just threw myself against that gate. I mean, yeah, alright, I was getting a bit frantic by then, sure, I admit it. Maybe, maybe even some tears and shit. Oh, no, maybe. But anyways, yeah, it moved a bit. So I went again, and again, I'm throwing all this freaky extra weight I got against the latch. And with this screech of metal and snapping twigs that gate, it buckled and it opened wide enough for me to squeeze through and man, you ain't never heard a better sound. But, you know, as I was shoving through it, on my damn leg, it caught on something. I fell and then I heard the worst damn sound I ever heard in my life. Crunching metal. Okay, yeah, fine. That time, there actually was tears. But you ain't never known to feel like this, Mr. D, thinking that you just smashed off one of your legs or something. Man, the way I landed, it could have been my dick, Mr. D. You gotta picture this man. Here I am, I'm rocking back and forth on the ground, in the grass, thinking I've been smashed something off of me. I couldn't get up to check, because none of my arms or my legs were working right. And yeah, I'm hollering like old Pinky or something. Man. Now, it took me a while, but I did manage to get a leg hooked. Just right. To pull myself to my knees. Oh, shit, man. You never known the kind of relief I felt then, seeing I were all there. I looked back to where my foot had got tangled, and I dragged myself backward out of all them branches. And a cloud of red-brown powder, it came with it. But my shoe, it was fine. That powder rust, and it weren't coming from me. So I'm guessing oh, there must have been another ornament or something choked up in them weeds. And that ornament, that's what reminded me. That's why, that's why I went for the bird. And oh man, oh man Mr. D, don't let me crush that bird. Don't let me crush that damn bird. That's all I was thinking that whole time. I mean, my school bag was already going stiff and it was just too hard getting that zip to work. So I pulled that thing apart like it was Christmas wrapping. And you know what Mr. D? It was fine, all there. Not a scratch, not a dent, nothing. Oh, so, <laughs> I mean, I just sat there for a moment, eh? Just dragging in these big gobs of air. I let myself uh, feel better, you know? But then I figured, shit, man, you better get moving. Or you're going to be too late. Break that curse, man. So I got back up to my feet. I mean, eventually. It's hard, you know? So I'm, I dragged myself back up to that porch. I'm plowing through them weeds and that reddish brown dirt and shit as I drug my useless leg along with me. I leaned up to that wooden railing and I put that damn cursed bird back where I tried to balance it in the morning. Now this time I wasn't pussyfooting around. I forced that little shit to stick on there, jamming its tiny little claws 
perfectly over the curve. Ha! And that's when I got to turn around and rest against that porch. Now I was glad to take the weight off of myself. The statue was back. The curse I got from stealing it was going to get gone. And that, Mr. D, that's when things really started to go wrong. You see, that raisin? Well, it clanged when I leaned on it, man. Now I cracked my stiff in the neck, and I took a closer look at them wooden slats I was leaning by. I scratched the nearest one with now metallic fingernail, and even through my clouded vision I could see, now that I was looking closely, underneath, and they weren't made of wood at all. The porch, they were made out of, like, this old, rusted-out metal. Why would it be metal, Mr. D? I staggered back to my unsteady, rusting legs. The bird, it teetered on top of the railing and it fell forward on the porch and it shattered like into nothing. I stepped back to look at the house. In the noonday sun, it looked completely reddish brown. And I guess I weren't looking where I was going. I tripped on something and the tangled brown weeds around me, I tumbled to the dirt. I heard that same crunching metal sound and as I rocked back and forth again, I'm struggling to stand and I see these tiny figures on the ground in all the grass. They were a row of ants, Mr. D. Brown, red, impossibly small to carve. Absolutely, unmistakably still. That's when I knew no artist had made them things. Nobody, sane or crazy, would create these and then just leave them there to rust. There was something here, something about this house. Something else that were doing it. Stephen King shit. That's when I knew I needed to get the hell out. I was back up that path I'd plowed through on the weeds. And my neck finally froze for good. I opened my mouth to scream for help. But there were no sound. Just a weak metallic screech as I froze solid. I lay there staring with unblinking eyes at the gate. And that's when I saw it. That's when I saw while I stumbled over on my way back into this place. There, low in all them overground bushes, was a rusted out statue of some dude. He'd probably been somewhere in his mid-fifties, probably that artist Pinky'd been yammering about. He'd fallen, kinda like I had, near the gate. His hand, he were outstretched towards the fence, and part of his forearm were missing where I'd stepped on it. But I could still see the hammer he'd been holding. One of them heavy-duty sort of things. Something like an artist would use to make a sculpture. Or smash one. I saw how the rusted fence near where he'd fallen was all bent and shit. Like someone had been hammering at it. Like someone had been trying to tear it down. The same fence which had first put that rust on my hands when I leant on it this morning. Anyway... Thanks for letting me talk, Mr. D. No, well, you know. I know we had our differences, you and I. But I'm actually kind of touched you came here looking for me. I don't know when it happened to you. Maybe when I hit you going down the stairs. I sure you hope you didn't pick it up from something I touched. I hate to think what that would mean for Pinky when he got his pen back after that test. I mean, he's a little bitch, but he's my bitch, you know. I'd have to say, Mr. D, you had the right idea in keeping your mouth closed when it finally got you. I can already tell you, 
it ain't a great idea to be stuck in this garden with your mouth all froze open. Not with this many birds around, eh? Thanks for listening to the audio version of this month's story, Rust. This was a very different story to the types I usually write. If you're interested in finding out the reasons behind why I chose to write this story in the style that I did, and exploring the themes that I did, and more importantly the character, you can subscribe to the Terry Talks Fiction website and email list. If you do subscribe, it's free, and you'll be sent a copy of the premium version of this audiobook, as well as getting the premium version of the story posted on the site. Whilst there's no changes to the story itself, the premium versions for subscribers do include my author reflection on the process, as well as a host of other great content, such as exclusive sections of my author interviews on the Terry Talks Fiction podcast, and the full backlog of all stories that have been published on the Terry Talks Fiction website throughout the course of the year, available for subscribers to access at any time. If you don't want to subscribe but would still like to support the podcast and support my writing, then please be sure to share this with some of your friends or on social media. Please like, rate and subscribe on iTunes as well as that will help this podcast climb the charts and allow more stories to get to more people. For now, thanks again so much for listening and I look forward to talking to you again soon.